Yeah, don't raise your hand on this one, but have you ever been in a moment where you just like to be mad? Or do you just kind of enjoyed being sad or enjoyed kind of frustration? And, and you kind of, like this line says, um, you know, you cherish your misery de- dearly right as close to your heart. And in fact, so many times we don't even really know how to function in freedom. And so today we're going to talk about an analogy that Paul used several times throughout um, the New Testament in his writings. And this idea of, of running a race. You'll see it at the end of 2 Timothy. You see it in Hebrews, um, which Celeste read earlier, Hebrews 12. Um, this idea of running a race. We're going to camp out in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Verses 24 through 27, and then I'm going to basically turn into coach for a few moments and teach you a little bit about running, and then we're going to try to take that and apply it to our walk with Christ. Here's what um, 1 Corinthians 9, 24 through 27 says. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable So I do not run aimlessly, I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and I keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. So here's the idea um, that Paul wants to get you into. You are on a racetrack fixing to run a race. When you accept Jesus Christ, you are running a race. Now, what this song is talking about is this idea of being in a cage, okay, And when we're in a cage, that cage represents sin in our life. And so many times um, we get caught up in our sin, we don't realize that when Christ died for us, he opened the door. I don't know how many of you have read the book Pilgrim's Progress. If you haven't read it, you should read it at some point in your life. Um, It's this idea in in Pilgrim's Progress um, of walking the straight and the narrow. And you have this, this character Christian walking down the road. Well, at one point he veers off the road to a smoother path and he gets um, trapped by the giant and he gets put in the prison there without realizing that the whole time he has the key in his pocket. And this key at any moment can unlock him from the prison, but he spends so much time, I'm not sure if I'm going to drink this poison and just end my life. I don't know if I want to go through the beatings anymore, when all the time he has the key to freedom. You see, Christ has not called us to be in prison ministry, meaning in prison ministry of sin. He's not called you to walk in sin and try to preach about Jesus. He's called you to run wild. He's called you to run the race of faith. Now, when I think about the Christian walk, I think of hurdles. How many of you out here have ever run the hurdles in track? All right, awesome. So a few of you know what's going on with the hurdles, right? So when you run the hurdles, if you run the 110s, those are what they call the high hurdles, which means it is way up there. And you've got to jump and you have to like time it out. If you remember Brandon George, he was amazing at the 110 hurdles, right? But do you realize when Brandon George was a freshman, he used to hide behind the high jump pit, because he didn't want me to find him and make him run hurdles. Brandon just wanted to high jump. And I would go find him, Brandon, get over here. I'd make him go over here, run the hurdles. And he would run, I'm like, I'd go to the meets, and I would look like the greatest coach ever, because he was awesome, right? It wasn't me, I just said, I can't, have you seen me? Do I look like a hurdler? No, like I have better luck just running through them, all right, than I do actually jumping over them, all right? I would run maybe around them, but that's not legal, all right? So, I, I mean, it's not like I could go out, Brandon, 
do it like this. I'd say, oh, Brandon, you know, front leg, call foot. Get that trail leg through. Be strong. And I would coach him in these different ways, and he would have to execute it. In the same way, we have God's word as our guide, and we have to execute it. So let me give you some keys to running the hurdle race of life. Now, in the Bible, it calls them stumbling blocks, but we're going to take some creative liberty and call them hurdles, okay? Turn your paper over, and let me tell you some keys to proper running, okay? Here's the first thing. You got to get the right shoes. If you run more than just to the refrigerator, you need good shoes, right? You cannot run barefoot like me all around the place and be a good runner, You've got to have shoes. Now, in the Bible, when it talks about shoes, I, my mind immediately goes to Ephesians chapter 6. And it starts talking about the armor of God. And it talks about the shoes of peace, all right? As shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Here's my question for you. Do you live a peaceful life? When you walk around, are your feet walking in peace? Or are you the type of person that you walk ready to wage war? That when you walk, everyone takes a step back because they know the thunder is ready to come. Or are you the type of person that walks in peace and you're approachable and people want to be around you? The gospel of peace. Now, if you've run long, how many of y'all have run longer than maybe a mile before? Okay, all right, awesome. So you know, if you go running in your neighborhood, all right, one of the biggest dangers of running in your neighborhood is what? Anybody know? The, thank you. Ro- robbers. It's robbers. No, we're not in New York City. I'm not getting mugged. It's dogs, okay? It's dogs, okay? Now, if your number one danger is cars, you're not very good at running, okay? Like, we're supposed to run facing the cars, and so when the car comes, you move this way. So the number one danger that I see is dogs. If you were to go out in our neighborhood and run, take a left, and then take a right, which, which I don't go because I can't run that far, but Tara goes that way. Um, and she took me one time when we went jogging. It was bad. Anyway, if you go past this one place, there's like this Cujo dog that runs out, and all there is between us and him is a cattle guard which doesn't mean much for Cujo. So I, woo, I'm going to turn into a sprinter instead of a long-distance runner, which means bad for me at the end of the run. Because when you run in neighborhoods, dogs tend to nip at your heels. They tend to bark at you. They scare you. And so you have this war all around you when you run. Is that the way you walk through life? Is there war all around you? First thing you have to have is good peace in your life. Now, I would say this, peace with Jesus is vital to your life. If you live your life with Christ with doubt, with tons of doubts, I encourage you to find the answers to some of those doubts. I would love to sit down and talk to you about the doubts that you have in Jesus anytime, but you're not going to be able to run full speed without having peace in your life. For example, I don't run full speed in my yard because we have sticker burrs. Right? That, that, I mean, my feet are pretty hard, but that's still sticky burst. Right? We have to be able to have peace in our life to even start the journey. Here's the second thing you have to do. Once you get your shoes on, once you're laced up, you got to warm up and you got to cool down. Right? Unless you are really slow like me, you need to stretch. You need to warm up. Take that life. Now, if you're a long-distance runner, they say, all right, get your mile warm up. 
mild warm-up? <laughs> That's my warm-up, cool-down, and like cemetery, right? That's all in the same one. They're like mild warm-up, mild cool-down, and then they work out in between. I'm not there, right? Um, but you need to warm up. And here's what I think that means for your spiritual life. How do you wake up in the morning? I want you to think about that. How do you wake up in the morning? When you wake up in the morning, do you start off at a sprint? How many of you would say, when I wake up in the morning, I start off sprinting? Like you snooze button six times, you wake up, I got, oh, I got 10 minutes. Let's go. And you jump in the car. Oh, wait, I forgot my first period homework. Right? We start off in a sprint. How do you start your day with Jesus? Do you start with prayer? Do you start in God's word? Do you warm up your spirit to be able to run the race? Guys, when you are a hurdler, you have to be flexible. Like, I can raise, like, this is my flexibility right here, right? That's bad for hurdling, okay? If you are a hurdler, you have to get in the hurdler stretch. Everybody know what the hurdler stretch is? Have you seen the hurdler stretch? Uh, I cannot demonstrate. Where's Cade? Where's Cade? Where's Cade? Come here, Cade. Y'all give it up for Cade. Okay. Cade is my resident hurdler at this point. So, Cade, can you come on the stage and do the hurdler stretch for us? Okay. So when, I, when I'm coaching Cade in hurdles, which isn't very often, by the way. Sorry, Cade. Um, right? We get in the hurdler stretch. Now, if Cade could not get in the hurdler stretch, he would not be a good hurdler because this is the position that you're supposed to go over the hurdle. If Cade can't kind of get close to his toe, can you touch your toe? Nice, right? Did you see his form? He's like, right? It was like flex. Oh, yeah. Now, one of the drills we do is we pretend like we're running, and then we touch our toe, and we sweep our hand around for balance. You see how good that is? That's awesome, right? Now, if I was just like, all right, Cade, you just play, you play piano, you're warm, right? If Cade's over here playing, I'm like, Cade, go run the hurdles. Is he warm? I mean, he could do finger hurdles, right? <laughs> Not the real, because you've got to warm up the proper areas. Get stuck in that position. Like, yeah, the rest of the sermon, y'all give it up for Kay. Thank you, Kay. Right? So here's what I want you to think about. In your life, how do you warm up and cool down with Jesus? What, what are your final moments as you go to sleep at night? Are they spent with Jesus? Are they spent with Clash Royale or... Madden Mobile, or what are, they, what are your final moments spent with? Twitter, Instagram, Facebook? What are our final moments? What are our beginning moments started with? Let me give you a hint. If those don't start with Jesus, what you're probably doing is worshiping something different. If your first thing in the morning is you wake up and before you do anything, you have to have coffee. How many of your coffee people out there? It's not a sin. Don't worry. I'm not going to. I was going. You're a sinner, right? No. But if your first thing is you need coffee, why do you need coffee? To get you going, right? I do not like coffee, by the way. I'd rather lick the tread of a tire than drink coffee. That's my feelings on that. Um, but I'm not a morning person either, right? But question: How do you start your day? When you get that cup of coffee, do you sit down and spend time with Jesus? Do you sit down and look at your schedule, plan out your day? What do you spend your morning hours and your last moments before bed doing? 
Are they spent with Jesus? That's what I would call your warm-up and your cool-down. Here's the third thing. You've got to learn proper form. You've got to learn proper form to run. Now, what do I mean by proper form, okay? I mean that when you need to have everything lined up when you're running. When you watch the Olympic hurdlers, do you see anybody running like this, like, whoa, yeah? No. Why? They're wasting energy. Not everything is in line. When you watch hurdlers, okay, are they looking in the stands waving at mom and dad? No, I'll give you an example. There was a kid named Andrew Cuellar who ran hurdles for me at Hayes, and um, we were out there at track practice, and you know how it is. We have the, the guys' track team and the girls' track team, and here's the girls' track team doing their cool down, and Andrew was, like, super cool, right? And so we're doing it, in the, luckily for him, in the grass, and he sees this cute girl that he's been kind of talking to, and he's kind of run up the hurdle, and he looks over that, kind of gives her the, you know, like, the Gus, you know, looking good kind of thing, right? And then he jumps the hurdle. He's going to be all cool, but his front leg, his lead leg, caught underneath of the hurdle instead of over the hurdle. And so he and the hurdle became one, right? So he went, and wrapped up in it, right? He, he lost the coolness factor there, right? Like if you're going to be like the no-look hurdler, you better be really good at doing the hurdles, right? Because if you're going to run the hurdle race, you have to stay focused. As soon as you lose your focus in a race, you're going to fall, and you're going to have to make a decision whether to get up again. And guys, but unfortunately for many of us, this is how we run our Christian walk. Run our Christian walk. Run our Christian race, okay? This is how we run the race, right? We jump in, we run for a little bit, and then we get distracted. Like, ooh, new iPhone, right? Or running good. Like, ooh, Netflix, Right? And we just run into things because the idols and the distractions of this world, um, they get into our hearts and our minds. Look what Hebrews 5, uh, verses 12 to 14 say. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again by the basic principles and the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the, world, in the word of righteousness, since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good and evil. Let me just be honest with you. If you are a junior or senior um, in high school, you should be more mature in your faith than you were when you were in junior high. I don't mean like more mature physically. I mean, you should be different in your faith when you're a junior or a senior in high school. Don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example, right, in speech and faith and purity and all these things that Paul challenges Timothy to do. You need to be setting that example. Because if you set that example, the younger people in our group will be like, I want to be like that person. I want to follow them. If you still, as a junior or senior high school, you need the basic faith, challenge yourself. Get into God's word. Run the race. I mean, think about it. This is you. If you're supposed to be mature in Christ, you're in the starting blocks, the gun goes off, and you should start walking. First hurdle, good form, right? If you walk the race, you won't even get the sympathy clap at the end of the race because your coach is going to be going, run. It's a race. Run. Get in the race. Be a part of it. 
Learn the form. Don't expect us to teach you everything. Go out there and search it out yourself. Here's number four. Don't worry so much about your pace early on when you're doing long distance. Develop endurance. For example, in the hurdles, there's a 110 high hurdles, but there's also the 300 hurdle race. The 300 hurdle race is probably one of the toughest races, I would say second to the 800 um, in a track meet. Because you have to run full speed, 300 yards, and you have to jump things. It's not just running one lap. There's objects in your way. The only way that you can get there is by building endurance. In practice, we used to run 400 hurdles, meaning a full lap. They hated that. Because they're like, why? We only run the 300 hurdles. Why are you making us run 400 yards? I'm tired. I don't want to do it. We're trying to build endurance. We're trying to give you a chance to run the race and giving you a chance to win. Because what did 1 Corinthians say? Don't you know that all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? Run in a way such to win. You, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you should be running to win. You should be running to make Christ proud of you. You should be running in order to make more of him and less of you. Look at number five. Try interval training. Now, if you were getting ready for a marathon, like when I was researching running, um, you know, anybody know when marathon started? Anybody a running historical buff? Back in ancient... Greece, right? Ancient Greece, it was 26.2 miles from where they won the battle um, over the somebody's over there, Persians or some Assyrians or somebody. And then he ran all Pleiades, I think was his name, or maybe that's the star constellation. I got it mixed up. He ran all the way back, 26.2 miles. He gave him a paper saying, we've won the battle. And then he died. So they named the marathon after him, right? If you're training for a marathon, You cannot just decide to run the marathon. Oh, I heard there's a marathon on Sunday. I'm going to go run it. You probably can't do that. You probably need to train. And when you train, you need to train in two ways. You need to train fast and you need to train slow. Fast and short, slow and long. Right? Why do we do that? Well, no, you know what? We do that because your heart needs to be able to pump oxygen to your muscles or else you pass out. And if you're running and you pass out, that's bad, okay? So we need to train that. But yet, we don't want to just run like the tortoise all the time. We want to be able to run fast for shorter distance as well. What does that mean in your Christian walk? Um, When you go to somewhere like Fuge or you go to somewhere like Mission Trip, that's sprinting. That's like this fast, high-energy, exciting time in your Christian walk. But if you don't follow that up with the slow training of the everyday, um, every-moment discipline of life, you're going to lose some of that energy. So many times we live on these fast, exciting races. If refuge is the only time that you open the Bible, you're not going to have a strong walk with Christ. You've got to be able to walk it throughout the week. You've got to be able to develop discipline in your life. Look at this verse. Um, Have nothing to do with irreverent, silly myths. Rather, train yourself for godliness. You notice these words? Train yourself. Make a plan. Train. Use discipline. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way. 
as it holds the promise for the present life and also for the life to come. I'll give you an example. So when we went to Honduras last week, um, we went to um, a village that's never been um, visited by white people before. No missionaries had ever been into this town before, only Hondurans. And um, they told us, oh, yeah, it's a 15-minute it's a walk for a Honduran. It took us an hour and a half to get there, okay? And they said, yeah, and it's flat. That minute only had like 300 feet of elevation changes at different times throughout it. Um, their, their idea of flat is much different than our idea of flat, by the way. But man, it was such an awesome journey to just go into almost like rainforest and, and hike to these places that we've never had a chance to go to before, right? It was this ex- kind of exciting like adventure in there. But when you came back, it was, it's interesting. When you walk in there, you notice I'm walking downhill an awful lot at the first part of this which means I have to come back this way. And when you got to the final hill of the flat hike that we were on, when you got to, you look up and there's this, I mean, 300 yard, I mean, like a hundred yard football field worth of, of climb that had to be on. Um, and we, we made it, none of us died, even though some of us were probably close um, at some points. And we made it back to the truck. And when I got back to the truck, Eric Pruger said, hey man, did you have to go fourth quarter? I was like, Totally. And it was like football talk for, did you have to start talking to yourself and like psyching yourself up to be able to make it? Anybody been there? Like, it's not like, it's not like the walk where you're like, it's like, you take four more steps. You could do it. Just make it to the next twig, man. And I'm inside my mind. I'm like, come on, let's do it. And I'm like that, that mean coach, like, ah, oh, oh. And, and here's inside. I'm like, ah, oh. outside. I'm like, Right, this, I'm like, oh, and I'm like straining everything. Like everything in my mental game was like turn max power. That was the only way I could make it up. And then it was like we got to the flat part. Like, ha, ha, like your whole body is like, yay. I still have like half a mile to go, but it's flat-ish, right? We made the climb. Don't you have to do that in your walk with Christ too? Like think about it. When you have that sin that you struggle with all the time, and it's right before you, don't you feel yourself like, no, don't do it. You have this like back and forth argument. Maybe I'm the only one that has an argument with myself before I mess up. And I'm like, no, don't do it. God always puts a way out. There's a note, just look, there's probably a way. Take a left. Don't go straight into it. Stop. What do you, no, don't think, no, don't think that. And I'm talking to myself. And I'm, that's the mental game that you have to develop in order to be successful in athletics and in order to be successful in your spiritual walk. How is your mental game? How is it? For example, when I coached football, I couldn't say, like, run like a ballerina. You can do it. No, I had to coach them in a way that was going to make sense to them. How do you have the word of God hidden in your heart to be able to play the mental game? Do you know scriptures that can encourage you when you're in that sin struggle, say, no, God has promised never to tempt me beyond what I can bear. I know this is just for me, God. It's of my own evil desire that I'm drawn away and enticed. Do you know the struggles and do you know James chapter 1? Do you know these other passages that you can fight against the schemes of the devil and against your own flesh? You've got to train yourself in order to win those battles. Here's number six. We'll finish up real quick. If you're going to get into running, the first thing you have to be careful of, and everyone has a tendency to do this, don't do too much too soon. 
Don't be like, all right, this week we have seven miles, right, for our running challenge. I'm going to do it all tomorrow. Right? It's the classic, I'm going to start working out. Anybody been on the, I'm going to start working out, Minting? And like you make it one day, and you're like, yeah, on the next day you're like, I can't walk. And then you're like, I'm not going to do that again. Right? Start slow. Get yourself into a way that you can continue to be walking in God's, God's ways. Last one, run with mental toughness. Just like we talked about, develop your mental game. How are you, how's your walk with Christ? How's your form? How's your morning, your warm-up and your cool-down? How's your pace? Are you just relying on big events to sustain you through? Are you just like eating a huge buffet and that's all you eat today? Or are you continually walking with Christ? That's the challenge of Run Wild. That's the challenge of these four king country songs. That's the challenge of Celeste's poem. How is your walk with Christ? I can't tell you how yours is. You know your heart. You know, you know whether you're striving after the things of God or not. My challenge is to do this tonight. When you lay down in bed, take inventory of your life. Are you ready for the rest of the semester to run for Christ? Okay, let's pray. Lord, we come before you just um, thankful, Lord, that you've given us just simple examples, Lord, like running a race to be an example of how to follow you. Lord, help us to run the race with endurance, Lord. Help us to be um, confident in who you are, that you're going to lead us in the direction that we should go and not veering off on our own directions, but Lord, taking up our cross daily and following you, Lord. You are a perfect example, Lord. You came in the flesh on this earth to live a life that... um, we, we can't live, Lord, to give us a perfect example to strive after. So, Lord, help us to live that life. Help us to live um, according to your ways, Lord. Teach us, guide us, strengthen us. In your name we pray. Amen.